0: What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Chaz Pearson, and this is the Outlet Forum. With my esteemed co-host, Chris Camello. What's up, Chris? What up, what up, Chaz? Disaster averted. The Celtic Leprechaun does not live. It died this year. Celtics go down 4-3 to the Miami Heat, 104-83 to in an epic game seven. And we'll preview a little bit about the finals with the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat now that it's all set up for Thursday. And we'll get into a little bit about Eric Lewis's burner accounts. If you don't know, we'll get into some details of that. And what are your top five NBA finals in the last 25 years? Me and Chris, will get into some of, to some of those. I already got a few. That's right off the top of my head. 2001, just to be a little bit of a tease uh, to start. But Chris, tell me a little bit about what happened this weekend, man. We, we got Derek White with the crazy tip-in in game six. And the Celtics folded like a cheap tent in a windy day at home in game seven, give it to me. What did you see and break down what happened in game six and seven, uh, this Eastern conference finals?
1: Well, first of all, shout out to the Boston Celtics. I mean, they were dead in the water after uh, they were down as many as 30 in game three. And we were like, Hey, one, two, three Cancun, they're going to get swept or maybe lose in a gentleman's sweep or whatever. But, you got to give Boston some credit. They showed a ton of fight in this series. They they came back uh, it, to Boston in game five. They took that one. And then once they took game five, everyone was thinking like all the pressure is now on Miami going into game six. And that game was back and forth. Boston maintained control. Miami made a late push. Jimmy Butler had an awful shooting night, puts it together late and then hits three free throws, right? There was some confusion on the clock. It goes from 2.1 to three seconds. Marcus smart. Here's the thing about that shot. It wasn't a good shot, but it was a great shot in this sense. He went quickly. He didn't use up the entire time so that they can potentially get an offensive rebound and maybe a second crack at it. And guess what? That's exactly what happened. Derek White, who saved their bacon in game five, 24 points, was the hero in game six and actually was one of the few Celtics that showed up in game seven. He was superb. But you know what? Miami, the one thing that makes this team special, Chaz, they haven't folded. They haven't panicked under pressure. They haven't lost their cool. They haven't lost their determination. They were like, okay, they forced game seven. Now we've got to do what we've done two other times in this series go up to Beantown and get a win. And that's exactly what they did. They played a superb performance. They withstood some early Boston runs, they withstood some late Boston runs. And they never relinquish control, and that is why they are the 2023 Eastern Conference champions. And how how crazy is it that Jimmy Butler talk about sticking it to the Leprechaun, sticking it to the Celtic tradition? He ends up winning the Bob Cousy Award, obviously with the Heat, yeah, and he gets the Larry Bird MVP trophy. I mean, talk about the ultimate f bean town, man!
0: On the pocket floor,
1: unreal. Yeah, so I'm
0: like we always talk about.
1: Shout out to Miami; they they did it all. But you know what? Though at the same point in time, shout out to Boston. We had not seen a team chaz rally from an 0-3 deficit and even force a game seven since 2003. So uh, that was the Portland Trailblazers uh, that did it against the Dallas Mavericks, but the Heat. Took them a little longer than expected, but they are now going to their sixth NBA finals uh, in the uh, Eric Spolstra era. So what are you, what were your thoughts, man? What did you
0: see? I saw that the Celtics just missed a gang of shots in game seven. They shot 21% from three. Jalen Brown had eight turnovers. Jason Tatum rolled his ankle in the first play of the game in game seven. Um, and Marcus Smart goes how the leaders go. He's not the leader of the team. He may be the heart and soul, of the team in terms of energy and effort and get position and everything like that, but he's not the leader when it comes down, you know, to the offensive uh, state of the team. So Jay Jason Tatum goes down with the ankle injury. He toughed it out. He played through it. Um, you know, he's wincing up, going up and down the court, still making shots, still keeping the Celtics in it, doing what he can. Obviously, Derek White uh, is making shot after shot. Malcolm Brogdon dealing with the elbow injury, didn't play uh, with the sleeve on this time, but. Obviously, he wasn't right. You can't really blame injuries because Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo w- both went down for the Miami Heat uh, this postseason, and the Miami Heat were able to still uh, close it out in Game 7. So I just think that the Celtics, they just shot terribly. Yeah. And ultimately, ultimately, when you shoot terribly, it doesn't matter what kind of scheme you have. doesn't matter what kind of coach you have, whether it's his first year, 10th year, whoever it is. If Doc Rivers can get canned, and Budenholzer can get canned, then Joe Mazzula can get canned as well. Especially after, I don't think he will. I don't think he should either, for that matter. But no, I you can so. clearly point to, you can clearly point to certain points of him getting out coached by Eric Spolstra and continually over and over and over, uh, you know, just being outworked, especially on the offensive end, um, over and over again. Miami Heat didn't even shoot well in Game Six, and they were able to come back and make even win that game to force those three free throws by Jimmy Butler. Terrible foul by Al Horford as well in the corner of game six. But you just see time and time again that the Miami Heat just had that will, and they continue to just fight. And that's the spirit of Pat Riley. I was just watching – Laker legacy, Chris, Mm -hmm. you know, we, you know, we watched, we watched, uh, you know, some or most of all, or all of that, depending upon, you know, who you are and, you know, if you watched all of it, but some of us did, and there's a part in there where Pat Riley talks about, you know, just standing firm, putting 10 toes down and, you know, standing on who you are and where you're from. And that's that spirit that the Miami heat have continued to have in the time that he's been with the organization going back to 90 help me out 1995.
1: Yeah. He got there
0: in 95. Yeah. So (laughs) uh, overall they, you know, Eric bolster is like 19 and four against the spread, whether home or away again, uh, of course the Miami heat covered tonight, they're plus seven and a half underdogs. And especially in this game, not only the series as well, but that gambling sap brought to you by the great Chaz
1: Pearson, everyone. If you, in case you need to know who the dogs are, see CP,
0: 19 and four against the spread dog like i you can't go you for can't sure. go wrong and get the so so that so that leads me into this like i don't i don't want to get too far ahead of myself with with the nuggets we'll get into the finals a little bit but as a Laker fan i just gotta say i'm just glad that the celtics did not go to the finals both teams lakers and celtics still stuck on 17 mm-hmm. we'll see about banner 18 in the race for number 18 next year Um, you know, you never want to prey on another team's downfall, but I will say just speaking from the the purple and gold goggles that we know to exist on this side, I'm really happy and pleased on that end. Hmm.
1: Well, you know, Miami, yeah, there there were, there were two cities that were thrilled on Monday night after that game seven, what turned out to be a blowout win. One of them was obviously Miami going to another NBA finals, their second one in the Jimmy Butler era. And their six I mentioned, uh, with Spolster and Riley
0: overseeing things. And, I got a quick question. I just got a quick question. Go ahead, right. go ahead. Did you, did you think that Caleb Martin should have deserved that Larry bird, Eastern conference finals MVP over Jimmy Butler? I was, I was literally going to get to that right now, but go All ahead. Right. Can finish your question. I just, I just felt like Caleb Martin has just been hooping out of control, like on a level that we didn't see coming that even Karam Butler, Butler, or even J Cole for that matter saw coming when they, you know, is supposedly he got the tryout, you know, from Karan Butler through that phone call that J. Cole made. Uh that's been, you know, heavily talked about this postseason. But I think Caleb Barnett had like 28 points. 26. T- six of eight from the three-point line, mm-hmm. hitting turnarounds, floaters, the baseline fade, just like LeBron, <laughs> you know, shoots over and over again. Um, especially right in front of that Celtics bench. I don't know. I I, I thought that he was the most consistent player in the entire series for the Miami Heat, win or lose. So, I don't know. What do you think? Most
1: of the time, with the exception of the 2015 NBA Finals, when it went to Iguadala over Steph Curry, most of the time it goes to the star player. Uh, there are very few times where it goes to, you know, a secondary guy. I mean, Caleb Martin, I'll say this. If you haven't been watching the Heat, this guy has really stepped up since Tyler Hero went down. And that was a major void. We thought the Heat... Their their goose was cooked. No Tyler Hero in that first round series against Milwaukee. We thought they were done. No home court advantage. They're an eight seed. Blah blah blah. Caleb Martin every round has made an impact, both ends of the floor. But really, it's been these last two series against the Knicks and the Celtics where this dude is playing at an all time different level. And we're you know I don't want to say it's been Austin Reeves esque, but in a way it kind of has where. It's basically this guy's first ever postseason. I don't think he'd ever played in the playoffs before this year um, because I think he was in Charlotte the last couple of years. And he has just completely owned the moment, playing with so much confidence. Obviously, because there's no Tyler Hero, because they're they're not a very deep team, he's gotten a lot more runway from Eric Spolster and the coaching staff. And he has completely rewarded them playing with so much confidence, it is not easy. I mean, I was talking smack about Bam. I was saying that the, mo- the that the moment is getting to Bam out of bio. He was not good offensively in game six. He made a few plays late, but offensively, he was trash. I mean, let's just be honest. I thought the moment got to him. The moment did not get to Caleb Martin. He was brilliant. And this goes back, and this is how I knew this guy was having a different postseason. Go back to game three in New York against the um against the Knicks at the Garden. No Jimmy Butler, right? He sprained his ankle that game. That dude balled the hell out. That's that's what Caleb Martin was able to do. So, shout out to him. No doubt to me if it wasn't Jimmy Butler who had a slight edge, Caleb Martin deserved to be MVP of the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, and and the other aspect I wanted to get to real quick is when I look at this Heat team just to throw you a baseball reference. I'm reminded of the 1988 LA Dodgers, where it was a team that had won a a world series in 81, but that 88 team, nobody really saw them coming. They were known as the stuntmen. They had a good pitching staff. They had a star player in Kurt Gibson, and they kind of just leaned on him, you know? And I'm thinking this Miami team is similar to that Dodger team in a lot of ways. Kurt Gibson is Jimmy Butler. You got Lasorda, a proven manager. You got Eric Spolster, a proven coach. And you've got a collection of guys who don't have the most talent in the world, but are just a scrappy, determined, hungry, tough-minded group. And that, I mean, Chaz, are, are you with me on that? I know it's kind of a far-fetched theory. The 2023 Miami Heat and the 88 Dodgers. That's the one kind of parallel I, I was just thinking about before we decided to, uh, before we did
0: the show I mean, I, I I agree with those parallels, but I mean, I to be honest with you, no disrespect, but I don't think any of those are going to matter at the end of the day because of the twenty twenty three Denver Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets, and I'm just gonna go here. Let's just go ahead and get into these twenty twenty three NBA Finals. Uh, the Denver Nuggets are going to beat the Miami Heat in five, maybe six games. I don't, I can't decide on five or six it's going to be one of those two and the only reason why i can't decide on five or six is if jimmy butler is going to be good for at least one like he was against lebron james in the bubble or if he's going to be good for at least two by himself essentially because Jokic is going to eat bam up and duncan robinson and kyle lowry and caleb martin and gabe Vincent, god bless his soul is not going to be enough for jamal murray KCP, Michael Porter Jr., and Aaron Gordon. So ultimately, I think the Nuggets are going to beat the Miami Heat in five or six games. I'm probably going to go with, if you put a gun in my head, I'll probably say five. But ultimately, I think that the Miami Heat are still going to fight. They're still going to scrap. They're still going to claw. They're going to win a game or two, likely at home. Maybe they even still won on the road because the Denver Nuggets have been, I think they'll be out resting for at least 10 to 11 days swept the lakers last monday. So I just think that the Denver Nuggets are just the complete team and I saw what they did to the Lakers. We saw what what they, they did also to the Phoenix Suns. We saw what they did to the M- Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah. They've been the com- most most complete team since the postseason started for the yeah. past 6 weeks, 7 weeks now. And I just think that the Denver Nuggets much respect to them. Although, although Mike Malone has to be the whiniest. I mean, just throwing shots. Take that L on the way out. Oh, the Lakers got swept. This and that. Like, I can't wait for October already. I I want to see him all uh, in in the first week. I, I want the Lakers to because, because it's just this back and forth, and I and he's I just a coach know, that but- really likes to. You know, he just, he has that extra, he just yeah, has that extra but, little shit. And I just, okay. Well,
1: let me, let me push back uh, on this I and just, this has nothing doesn't, to
0: do. Does it sit right with kind of like, kind of like when Jamal Murray, kind of like when Jamal Murray, you know, dribbled behind Lonzo's back a few years ago, like six, seven years ago, I still haven't forgotten about that, but it's just little, it's little stuff like that. There's for little, sure. You know, imp- Mike Malone, uh,
1: Mike Malone, it seems exactly. he, he, he shoots from the hip. He's he doesn't really have a filter at times when he's angry. He's going to tell you exactly what he thinks. I've seen this dude trash his own team before go back to the 2020 bubble. When they were down three games to one in Utah, he called out his team as soft, not putting out enough effort. I mean, he we've seen him do that. This isn't anything new that we've seen Mike Malone put out there. I mean, he's probably one of the more honest, Matter of fact coaches we have in the league, whereas everyone I, plays politic, you know, shoot is very politically correct and gives you the same old cliches and, and all of that stuff. But here, here's what I'm going back to the Miami-Denver series. What Miami needs to bank on is stealing game one in Denver. Using this momentum that they got from a, a thrilling seventh game and that win and and counting on the fact that Denver's going to be a little rusty, sitting around cooling their momentum and they need to basically smack them upside the head similar to what you mentioned earlier in the show, the 2001 Lakers championship. Remember Philly was coming off of a seven game series while the Lakers were sitting around for 10 days and they took game one from the Lakers in overtime, building on that momentum, running on that high. And I think Miami has to kind of institute a similar mentality they really give Denver something to think about because unlike that 2001 Lakers team, Denver is not battle tested in those situations. They have not trailed in a series in the, in these playoffs. So if you were to steal a game one right now, it's like, Oh man, Denver's really going to start feeling the pressure. So outside of that, if Denver's able to withstand that early storm from Miami, I think they're going to be just fine. And I, and I agree. I think they're going to probably take that series in five or six games because I just don't think they'll have an answer for Nikola Jokic because they haven't faced a front court piece like that throughout these playoffs.
0: Is Jokic the best player on the planet? According to you, he is according to Dane Lillard. If you didn't see his live over Tough the one. weekend, is he, is he the best player in the game?
1: I think right now, the year that he has had, the two years that he's really put together, I mean, well, actually, you could make it the, the last three years combined. Yeah, I think he is. I don't think there's another player out there who's playing at this type of level on this biggest stage. Because we saw MB, the MVP, he folded in game in game uh, seven against the Boston Celtics. We saw Durant and Devin Booker burn out, right? We saw Steph burn out. Steph was not good those last three games against the Lakers. Giannis folded I mean I hate to
0: hurt no no he he got hurt but he also he also folded a little bit double in the game seven of the NBA finals I'm talking about
1: this year talking about this year for Jokic for me if he's not number one he's definitely number two so I'll answer it that way because it's easy to say prisoner of the moment Chaz that's the thing
0: Well, yeah, that that that, and that's the reason why I wanted to ask you, because like if we if we zoom out a little bit, the macro on it for me is just that over and over every single year it's always about whoever just wins.
1: Exactly. It's never
0: really about I mean, because because what's the barometer that we have other than who's in the finals or who's hoisting up the Bill Russell trophy or the Larry OB at the end of the year? Mm -hmm. That's the only thing we have to go based off of. So, I mean. Is 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 Jokic the best player in the game right now? It's hard to say that he's not, but I mean, Giannis affects the game in so many ways on the defensive end. But you know, okay, Jokic let me affects, say this affects the you know the flow of the game and you know passing the ball. Yeah. But but would the would the Denver Nuggets be this good without Jamal Murray being as good as they are? No, because we saw we saw as good as he is because we've seen what he's like without him last year. Sure. You know, so. It's it. It's easy to say Jokic is the best in the league when he has another player averaging thirty in the playoffs and and helping the team that way as well. So but but Chaz, you need. I, I just have. A, I just have a hard time saying that he is.
1: No right. So I'll I'll make it simple. Jokic is the best offensive center we have in the game, and I think he's a top three player in the game right now. Can we can we agree on that for the sake of argument? I think we could agree on that. Because you're right. Two years ago, we said Giannis was the best in the game after Milwaukee won the championship last year. We said not only was Steph still one of the greats in the game, but perhaps one of the greatest of all time that he should be on Mount Rushmore of all time greats. So, I mean, you're right. It is definitely uh, we could always be prisoner of the moment, bro. I mean, that's it doesn't take it doesn't take a genius to know that that's what we do in media. That's what we do as fans. It's just what it is. It's the nature of the freaking business. What have you done for me lately? But we also can't deny what the Denver Nuggets did without Jamal Murray. The fact that he kept them out of the kept them out of the play in last year. And then two years ago, they won a series without, without Jamal Murray. So you have to kind of put some stock in that instead of looking at it. Well, yeah, they're here because of Jamal Murray. Of course they are because, I mean, that's 25 points a game you're missing right there. Michael Porter's another 15 to 18 that you're missing. How far are you going to go? How far would the Miami Heat go without Caleb Martin right now? How far would they go without Bam Adebayo, without Gabe Vincent? We, you know what I mean? You need players to to win these games, right,
0: Chaz? I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I'm, I'm not sure. But I will tell you this. There, there's something fishy. You know, if that's subjective, and we could go back and forth on that. But I'll tell you something that's not – Subjective, and that's fishy, Mm. and that the NBA is investigating on the other side of the spray. You know what? Here's to going for it, and being terrible. Here's to giving it a shot, even though your shot is uh, garbage. To being the queen of the court. Oh, maybe not this court. To feeling the burn, even if there shouldn't be a burn to feel. To trying your best, even though your swing is the worst. (laughs) Yours to going down WAY harder than you get back up! To giving it your all! Even though you kind of suck! But you know what doesn't suck? <laughs> Trying to do something you've never done before! That doesn't
1: suck at all. Not even a little. Welcome back to the outlet form in case you haven't already done. So be sure to download all our shows on all major streaming platforms. We are on Spotify. We're on Google play. We're on iHeartRadio. And of course we're on Apple Podcasts. Leave us that five-star rating, drop a comment. Let's get that dialogue rolling. Also be sure to follow us on all social media pages at the outlet form. That's at The Outlet Forum on Instagram and Twitter. So Chaz, we've seen some interesting things about referees. I mean, Tim Donahue's basically, his name has become infamous, right? In, in NBA circles, in refing circles because of the gambling and everything like that. But now we've got an interesting situation about a burner account. And this is sort of new territory for officiating. And it's with now involving Eric Lewis. And a burner account that he was actually talking to fans or people that were very critical of his officiating, allegedly quote unquote, but so far there hasn't been any pushback from the officials union uh, for the NBA, but this is a pretty bizarre story. So I guess my question for you is how serious is this? How serious should we take it?
0: I believe it should be very seriously taken. Um, or taken very seriously, I should say. I think that overall that Eric Lewis is one of the best referees, clearly. He's been in the NBA for over 19 years. He, you know, has ref six finals games. He's an all-star ref. He's not just, you know, one of these guys that, you know, are coming and going or, you know, just made his way out of the G League or ref a few games. No, he's been around for quite some time. So, you know, you don't want to set a, pre- a bad precedent For those that are below him. Right. But at the same time, you want to, you know, set a good example at the same time and hold them accountable for going on the Internet, because here's the rule in the rule book, you know, for the referees, you know, for them, they can't speak publicly about their calls or about, you know, themselves or other referees or other players or anything like that. So this falls under that umbrella and going on the Internet. And not having you know a picture, a different name, and just completely talking about different calls that you've made or other referees that you've ref with or games that you guys all called together—it's just consistent. And the reason why it's being investigated is because you take a look at it, you take a look at the tweet and the date and the context of what he's talking about, and you and you can put video to exactly what he's referring to. So there's actually a, um, a Twitter account that really did their own digging, I I think this is the Twitter account that prompted the investigation because it's what made it go viral. And when I saw it go viral in real time, I was taking a look like, wow, like he's actually, if these tweets are true, these are games that he's ref that the tweets were sent out after the time, either the night after or the day after the subsequent days after the game. And you take a look at the Celtics, his, you know, supposedly favorite team or his family is seen in photos with Celtics jerseys and stuff like that. Celtics are 22 and four the last 26 times that Eric Lewis has wrapped their games. Mm -hmm. So there's enough smoke for at least to go look and see if there's fire. So could it be something? Yes. And, you know, I know it's funny. I know it's viral and everybody wants to make, you know, a joke out of the Patrick Beverly, Mm -hmm. you know, meme because, you know, he took the the photo, the camera, you know, when the Lakers, you know, got cheated against the Celtics in Boston in late January on a Saturday evening, I believe it was. Yeah, I lost an overtime game because Brian clearly got smacked yeah. on the hand by Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Should, shouldn't have went to overtime, should, should have been called, but it wasn't. Eric Lewis was the lead referee in that game. So that's why there's this big hullabaloo, you know, surrounding it and everything like that. But ultimately, I think that nothing's going to come of it. I think he's he may get fined heavily, he may even get suspended um, you know if it turns out that you know there's more to the story than what is actually in Mark Stein's story that we read over the weekend but if it's more to that then we'll see but other than that i think he'll just get a slap on the wrist and keep it moving from there and get a pretty big warning too if you are you know influencing these games like that yeah. or you're doing anything you know that we haven't caught you on now is a good time to put that to bed so for we'll sure it yeah. happens with him
1: Yeah. And clearly there was no refute. You know, like I mentioned earlier, uh, the referees association uh, or whatever they're called did not push back on this. So there wasn't a whole lot of like, Oh, this is an outrage or anything like that. This is a witch hunt. It was nothing like that. I know there's been a lot of funny stuff about, like you mentioned the, the, the Beverly situation, the Lakers uh, versus the Celtics is, you know, there was a picture of his family wearing all Celtics jerseys uh, that, that were posted up and, and, I think what the league is making sure of is, are you ju- are you out here influencing these games at the behest of people on Twitter, or are you just out there trolling? And I'm sure it's one of those things where it's like, it's frowned upon. And by the way, uh, as they're investigating this, Eric Lewis has not officiated a game since game one of the Western Conference Finals between the Lakers and the Nuggets. So he is a good ref. He is, you know, he's been around for a long time. Um, doesn't mean that, there can't be some pushback there you know, I mean, we saw the same thing with Tim Donahue and I'm not, obviously this is a much different situation. I'm not trying to, you know, make the two uh, make a parallel between the two, but it's situations like this that perks people's eyebrows up. And like you said, when there's smoke, there's fire. So what the league has to do is basically make sure that this guy's not doing anything. He's not supposed to be doing. Because there's already, between the gambling sites, between everything out there, a lot more people are sharper to the fact that these refs can influence games. When they're posting, oh, Scott Foster's or or the Suns's record when Scott Foster's uh uh CP3's record with exactly CP3's record Scott Foster or with Tony Brothers as we saw in game 7 like oh uh, uh Miami is 4 and 12 when Tony Brothers does one of their games in the playoffs or whatever the case may be so people are a lot more sharper with those things than they were 5 10 15 years ago so what this needs to now do is set up a new precedent For the officials as if to say, stay off of social media. This is what's going to happen to you if we find you doing anything that you're not supposed to be doing because there was probably nothing in the bylaws before because social media is still a relatively new concept, especially on Twitter and Instagram and whatnot, TikTok. And now this is a chance to kind of nip this in the bud and maybe even use Eric Lewis as an example. So wouldn't shock me if, if a fine or suspension is coming through the pipeline and he doesn't even do a game uh, for these finals.
0: Brian Colangelo, Kevin Durant, potentially Eric Lewis Mm -hmm. are all members of the NBA family that have been caught allegedly with burner accounts to me this has to be some of the most embarrassing shit as an NBA professional I could think of happening. Like this is just, it's like, come on, man. You, you, if you want to talk trash, if you want to defend yourself, if you want to have something to say, at least be a man and stand behind it. And if you can't stand behind it because the rule book says, and your employment says, or employer says that you Mm -hmm. can't do it, then just don't do it. But to me, it's, it's pretty black and white for me. Uh, you know, unfortunately, but I know that there's a whole lot of nuance and context and a bunch of other stuff that goes into it. But ultimately, my heart of hearts in my heart, I think Eric Lewis has definitely thrown a few of these games, has influenced a few of these games. And I think there's a lot more that needs to be found out because it doesn't affect the integrity of the game. I'm, I'm a person that willingly, you know, bets on these games. Nothing crazy, but just, you know, I'm just a, a small fish in a huge pond. I was gonna say, and you're not, an so you're not an official.
1: You're not an official or a player. I'm not or an anything official. Like that. Ex- yeah, exactly. Exact,
0: so yeah, so I'm not. A, I'm not influencing any influencing any dollars one way or another. But these guys are. So that's why for me, I I really want to see something like something real happen. But I know ultimately it's just going to become a warning. And the more dollars that get get gets pumped into it with BetMGM and all these other FanDuel and DraftKings and prize picks and you underdog and you name it there's going to be more uh feet being held to the fire when these things happen moving forward they're not going to be a slap on the wrist and i think that they may make eric lewis you know an example because we're moving into that you know realm now but you know only time will only time will tell i'll
1: believe it Uh, when i see it i'll believe it when i see it
0: yeah well speaking of the nba finals uh Chris, we, I know we we talk a little bit back and forth about, you know, some of our favorites, but, you know, with everything coming up on Thursday, it's time for that Larry OB. It's that time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what teams are in the finals. I'm always going to watch. I'm always going to be tuned in. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, casual fans that were, you know, tuning in to the Heat Celtics that are, probably aren't going to watch the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets. But I think it's actually going to be a great series, even though Denver's might – might win in five or six games. Chris, what are your some of your favorite NBA finals? Not moments, right? Not games. But, but series but, yeah. but, but, but series. Give me give me maybe like a top 3 or a top 5 that you got.
1: Yeah, so I mean th- there have been some great ones. Um one of them that stands out to me and we've had a lot over the last 10 years. Um I go back to the 2013 Spurs-Miami series. That series went seven. Spurs had it right there. You know, LeBron misses a three in game six. Chris Bosh with the offensive rebound kicks it out to Ray Allen, nails the three, changes the whole series. They force a game seven. And that game seven was a battle. And the Spurs ended up unable to to get over that hump. And Miami took that championship. They became back-to-back champs. Um, Another one that stands out to me, Another LeBron moment, 2016, Cavs Warriors, three uh, one series comeback by LeBron and company. I mean, that was an electric series. The last three games and that game seven was one for the books. That was incredible. LeBron's block and the Kyrie Irving three and Draymond stepping up with 32 points. That was huge. Um, of course, I got to go with the uh, 2000 Lakers Pacers. That kind of set off the start of the the three peat era. Kobe game four, he was terrific. Uh, <clears throat> Shaq dominated throughout that series. Kobe on a bad ankle led the team in a in an overtime win in that game four. Jordan and the Bulls ninety eight finals against the Jazz. Chaz, come on, Jordan, open Chicago with the lead. Okay, Five point two. No, that was Bob Costas. Marv okay was suspended. My yeah, bad. my bad. Five point <laughs> two seconds remaining, Marv and Michael Jordan. <laughs> Marvel is suspended for sexual perversion, but we won't get into that.
0: For getting freaky in the hotel. Yeah,
1: using, well, we don't (laughs) want to get into that. Yes, I can say you
0: did, allegedly.
1: Yes, that (laughs) did happen, Chaz. Let's not, you know, bring up any old (laughs) wounds for the sake of my family. Bob, right back to you. 5.2 seconds remaining and Michael Jordan running on fumes with 45 (laughs) points. And then of course, Jez, I got to go with the 2010 Lakers Celtics. Thrilling seven game. Well, I mean, I figured you would talk about that, but thrilling seven game series, you know, we had heard about the great uh, uh, Lakers Celtics rivalry of the eighties, that three year stretch from 08 to 2010. That was our version of that. That was the, that was what we got to experience. Like so many Lakers and Celtics fans got to experience through the eighties, Kobe, Base, basically Kobe and Gasol versus the Celtics big three. So those are some of the, the, the big finals that uh, stood out to me. What about you? What are your top five?
0: Okay, you took at least three that was on my list. So I'm going to give you some finals that you probably haven't even thought about in years and years and years. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to go with the 88 finals. Mm-hmm. Magic, Isaiah, Lakers down 3-2, had, went needing to win both at home in order to... Win game seven, I'll take 88 finals. I'll give you the 01 finals as well. With Allen Iverson going off, stepping over Tyron Lue in mm-hmm. game one. And, subsequently losing the next four games and Robert Ori hitting a big shot in game four and sealing the deal in five games. I'll give you that finals as well. I'll give you the 06 finals with Dwayne Wade coming of age after Dirk Nowitzki and Jason Terry go up 2-0 on the Miami heat and Dwayne Wade goes absolutely bonkers in four straight games and wins the finals MVP in 06 and the Miami heat's first title in franchise history. I'll also give you the man. Um, and all of these I've actually come up with off off the top of the dome, but I'll also give you the um, ah, seventy four finals mm. with um,
1: what was that Portland? Versus no, that was
0: Phoenix Phoenix Suns, Boston Celtics, oh. seven games, all time great shot uh, by the Phoenix Suns to force overtime. Uh, John Havlicek Finals MVP, Celtics win. In game seven as well. And I'll give you one last finals as well. Uh, I'll give you the 1985 finals. Um, first series win over, over 84, Boston. 84 is actually a good series as well. But because, you know, purple and gold goggles over here, we're going to go with 85 finals with the baby junior, junior Skyhook by Magic Johnson and the first team to ever beat the Boston Celtics on the parquet floor in the NBA finals. L.A. Lakers. So, those are some of the finals that stick out to me. What you, what do you think about that, man? That's a Great. Did I, it's, I jog, did I jog your memory a little bit.
1: It did. It did. Seventy four, though, that was kind of random. Uh, I, I want to say, is that the Havlicek steals it? No, that, no, no, oh, no, no. That's no, not no, the Havlicek no, no. steals it. Yeah, but that's an underrated one. That's an underrated one. But yes, I do remember that one. Ninety four, too. I, I will go with uh, New York. Houston. Houston got their first ever NBA championship. John oh, Starks. Hold on, hold on.
0: How do we not mention ninety three? hot bulls, potato bulls. Yes. John Paxson
1: Paxson yeah from
0: Horace Grant mm-hmm. Charles Barkley DMJ 93 finals was a great finals as well
1: That was and actually give Phoenix credit they were dead in the water they were down 3 games to none came back forced to game 6 after stealing home court in Chicago so they had to fly back to Phoenix for game 6 and 7 and and that was a good one but um the Ewing versus Olajuwon in 94 underrated finals that was a good underrated <laughs> Yo, with the the finger roll by Patrick Ewing that he missed, right? Well, that uh, yes, that was on there. But Starks going three for 20 in game seven. He was absolutely horrendous. And actually, to this day, listen to Charles Oakley on the All the Smoke podcast. He still blames that series loss on, on guess who? Pat Riley. He said Riles left John Starks out there to cook, and he was terrible. He had Rolando Blackman, who had a little bit of juice left in the tank. Sitting on the bench, he could have put Blackman in over Starks. He would have probably shot better than three of 21. Maybe we win that series in Houston. But, yeah, that's another underrated one. And then, of course.
0: Ronalds was, was also blamed for the 91 finals, I believe it was. No.
1: No, 91. Was the... He was gone. He was gone. No, not, not,
0: okay, not 91. The oh, 89. 89. 89. 89. Because 89. he did the training
1: camp up in Santa Barbara. Yes. That led is. to yes. Byron Scott's Sorry. injury. Magic yep. pulls a hammy. I believe it was in game two. And then that was it. But I, Magic yeah. and Byron. Yeah. Michael Thompson still to this day believes had Byron and Magic not got hurt in 89 and Worthy and Scott didn't get hurt in 91, they could have won both those championships against the Pistons and the Bulls. I don't see it, but hey. We, at least one of them. Maybe we'll at see. At least one of them. Pistons I'll
0: them were, Pistons I'll split sp- 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 the baby with Michael Thompson on that. One. At least one. Of them. Fair enough. Well, another great show in the books. Uh, Another week of outlet form. We have the finals. We got free agency coming up. We got the draft coming up as well. So we're not going anywhere. You guys know where to stay tuned. we are stay locked in on outlet form on Twitter at the outlet form. Follow me on Instagram at Chaz P on Twitter at Chaz and Chris, where can they follow you? My man
1: could always follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Camelo. I'm also on Instagram. See Camelo one and follow our social media pages at the outlet form. That's at the outlet form on Twitter and Instagram. And we got an IG live coming this week after game one, Thursday night,
0: Thursday. And we'll tap into that and make sure. But until then, We'll see you guys next week. Appreciate you guys listening in. Peace.